0: Chapter Nine of the Chartres of Parma by Stendhal. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Nine The old man's discourse, Fabrizio's deep attention to it and his own excessive weariness had thrown him into a state of feverish excitement he found it very difficult to sleep and his slumber was broken by dreams which may have been omens of the future at ten o'clock the next morning he was disturbed by the rocking of the tower and a frightful noise which seemed to be coming from without terrified he leaped to his feet and thought the end of the world must have come Then he fancied himself in prison, and it was some time before he recognized the sound of the great bell which forty peasants had set swinging in honor of the great San Giovita. Ten would have done it just as well. Fabrizio looked about for a place whence he might look on without being seen. He observed that from that great height he could look all over his father's gardens, and even into the inner courtyard of his house. He had forgotten it. The thought of his father now nearing the close of his life changed all his feelings toward him he could even distinguish the sparrows hopping about in search of a few crumbs on the balcony of the great dining room they're the descendants of those i once tamed he thought this balcony like all the others was adorned with numerous orange trees set in earthenware vases large and small the sight of them touched him There was an air of great dignity about this inner courtyard thus adorned with its sharply cut shadows standing out against the brilliant sunshine the thought of his father's failing health came back to him it really is very odd he said to himself my father is only thirty-five years older than i am thirty-five and twenty-three only make fifty-eight the eyes which were gazing at the windows of the room occupied by the harsh parent whom he had never loved brimmed over with tears he shuddered and a sudden chill ran through his veins when he fancied he recognised his father crossing an orange-covered terrace on the level of his chamber but it was only a man-servant just beneath the tower a number of young girls in white dresses and divided into several groups were busily outlining patterns in red blue and yellow flowers on the soil of the streets along which the procession was to pass but there was another sight which appealed yet more strongly to fabrizio's soul from his tower he could look over the two arms of the lake for a distance of several leagues and this magnificent prospect soon made him forget every other sight it stirred the most lofty feelings in his breast all his childish memories crowded on his brain and that day spent prisoned in a church tower was perhaps one of the happiest in his life his felicity carried him to a frame of thought considerably higher than was as a rule natural to him young as he was he pondered over the events of his past life as though he had already reached its close i must acknowledge that never since i came to parma he mused at last after several hours of the most delightful reverie have i ever known calm and perfect delight such as i used to feel at naples when i galloped along the roads of vomero or wandered on the coasts of misena all the complicated interests of that spiteful little court have made me spiteful too i find no pleasure in hating anybody i even think it would be but a poor delight to me to see my enemies humiliated if i had any but hold he cried i have an enemy Now it is curious, he went on, that my pleasure at the idea of seeing that ugly fellow going to the devil should have outlived the very slight fancy I had for little Marietta. She is not to be compared to the Duchesse de A. so-and-so, to whom I was obliged to make love at Naples, because I had told her I had fallen in love with her. Heavens how bored I used to be during those long hours of intimacy with which the fair Duchess used to honour me. I never felt anything of that sort in the shabby room bedroom and kitchen too in which little marietta received me twice and for two minutes each time and heavens again what do these people eat it was pitiful i ought to have given her mamacha a pension of three beefsteaks a day that little marietta he added distracted me from the wicked thoughts with which the neighborhood of the court had inspired me perhaps i should have done better to take up with the cafe life as the duchess calls it she seemed rather to incline to it and she is much cleverer than i am thanks to her bounty or even with this income of four thousand francs a year and the interest of the forty thousand francs invested at lyons which my mother intends for me i should always have been able to keep a horse and to spend a few crowns on making excavations and forming a collection as I am apparently never destined to know what love is, my greatest pleasures will always lie in that direction. I should like, before I die, to go back once to the battlefield of Waterloo, and try to recognise the meadow where I was lifted from my horse in such comical fashion and left sitting on the grass. Once that pilgrimage had been performed, I would often come back to this noble lake. There can be nothing so beautiful in the whole world, to my heart at all events why should i wander so far away in search of happiness it lies here under my very eyes ah said fabrizio again but there is a difficulty the police forbid my presence near the lake of como but i am younger than the people who direct the police here he added with a laugh i shall find no duchesse d'A but i should have one of the little girls who are scattering flowers down yonder and i am sure i should love her just as much even in love matters hypocrisy freezes me and our fine ladies aim at too much sublimity in their effects napoleon has given them notions of propriety and constancy the devil he exclaimed a moment later pulling his head in suddenly as if afraid he might be recognised in spite of the shadow cast by the large wooden shutters which kept the rain off the bells here come the gendarmes in all their splendour ten gendarmes in fact four of whom were non-commissioned officers had appeared at the head of the principal street of the village the sergeant posted them a hundred paces apart along the line the procession was to follow everybody here knows me if i am seen i shall be carried at one bound from the shores of como to the spielberg where i shall have a hundred and ten pound weight of fetters fashioned to each of my legs and what a grief for the duchess it was two or three minutes before fabrizio was able to realize that in the first place he was eighty feet above other people's heads that the spot where he stood was comparatively dark that anybody who might glance upward would be blinded by the blazing sun and last of all that every eye was staring wide about the village streets the houses of which had been freshly whitewashed in honour of the feast of san Giovita. in spite of the cogency of these arguments fabrizio's italian soul would have been incapable of any further enjoyment if he had not interposed a rag of old sacking which he nailed up to the window between himself and the gendarmes making two holes in it so that he might be able to look out the bells had been crashing out for ten minutes the procession was passing out of the church the mortaretti were exploding loudly fabrizio turned his head and looked at the little esplanade surrounded by a parapet on which his childish life had so often been endangered by the mortaretti fired off close to his legs because of which his mother always insisted on keeping him beside her on feast days these mortaretti or little mortars it should be explained are nothing but gun barrels sawn off in lengths of about four inches it is for this purpose that the peasants so greedily collect the musket barrels which european policy since the year seventeen ninety six has soon broadcast over the plains of lombardy when these little tubes are cut up into four inch lengths they are loaded up to the very muzzle set on the ground in a vertical position, and a train of powder is laid from one to the other. They are ranged in three lines, like a battalion, to the number of some two or three hundred, in some clear space near the line of procession. When the Holy Sacrament approaches the train of powder is lighted, and then begins a sharp dropping fire of the most irregular and ridiculous description, which sends all the women wild with delight. Nothing more cheery can be imagined than the noise of these mortaretti. As heard from a distance across the lake and softened by the rocking of the waters the curious rattle which had so often been the delight of his childhood put the over-serious notions which had assailed our hero to flight he fetched the father's big astronomical telescope and was able to recognize most of the men and women taking part in the procession many charming little girls whom fabrizio had left behind him as slips of eleven and twelve years old had now grown into magnificent-looking women and all the flower of the most healthy youth the sight of them brought back our hero's courage and for the sake of exchanging a word with them he would have braved the gendarmes willingly when the procession had passed and re-entered the church by a side door which was out of fabrizio's reign of vision the heat at the top of the tower soon became intense the villagers returned to their homes and deep silence fell over the place Several boats, filled with peasants, departed to Bellagio, Menaggio, and other villages on the shores of the lake. Fabrizio could distinguish the sound of every stroke of the oars. This detail, simple as it was, threw him into a perfect ecstasy. His delight at that moment was built up on all the unhappiness and discomfort which the complicated life of courts had inflicted upon him. What a pleasure would it have been at that moment to row a league's distance over that beautiful calm lake in which the depths of the heavens were so faithfully reflected he heard somebody open the door at the bottom of the tower father blanes's old servant laden with a big basket it was as much as he could do to refrain from going to speak to her she has almost as much affection for me as her master has he thought and i am going away at nine o'clock tonight would she not keep silence as she would swear to me to do even for those few hours but said fabrizio to himself i should displease my friend i might get him into trouble with the gendarmes and he let gita depart without saying a word to her he made an excellent dinner and then lay down to sleep for a few minutes he did not wake till half-past eight at night father blanis was shaking his arm and it had grown quite dark blanis was exceedingly weary he looked fifty years older than on the preceding night he made no further reference to serious matters seating himself in his wooden chair. "'Kiss me,' he said to Fabrizio. Several times over, he clasped him in his arms. At last he spoke. "'Death, which will soon end this long life of mine, will not be so painful as this separation. I have a purse which I shall leave in Gita's care, with orders to use its contents for her own need, but to make over whatever it may contain to you if you should ever ask her for it. I know her. Once I have given her this command, she is capable, in her desire to save for you, of not eating meat four times in the year, unless you give her explicit orders on the subject. You may be reduced to penury yourself, and then your old friend's might may be of service to you. Expect nothing but vile treatment from your brother, and try to earn money by some labour that will make you useful to society. I foresee strange tempests fifty years hence perhaps no idle man will be allowed to live your mother and your aunt may fail you your sisters must obey their husband's will then suddenly he cried go go fly he had just heard a little noise in the clock a warning that it was about to strike ten he would not even give fabrizio time for a farewell embrace make haste make haste he cried it will take you at least a minute to get down the stairs take care you do not fall that would be a terrible omen fabrizio rushed down the stairs and once out on the square he began to run he had hardly reached his father's castle before the clock struck ten every stroke echoed in his breast and filled him with a strange sense of agitation he paused to reflect or rather to give rein to the passionate feelings inspired by the contemplation of the majestic edifice at which he had looked so coolly only the night before his reverie was disturbed by human footsteps he looked up and saw himself surrounded by four gendarmes he had two excellent pistols the priming of which he had renewed during his dinner the click he made as he cocked them attracted one of the gendarmes notice and very nearly brought about his arrest he recognized his danger and thought of firing at once he would have been within his rights for it was his only chance of resisting four armed men Fortunately for him, the gendarmes, who were going round to clear the wine-shops, had not treated the civilities offered them in several of those hospitable meeting-places with absolute indifference. They were not sufficiently quick in making up their mind to do their duty. Fabrizio fled at the top of his speed. The gendarmes ran a few steps after him, shouting, Stop! Stop! Then silence fell on everything once more. Some three hundred paces off, Fabrizio stopped to get his breath the noise of my pistols very nearly caused my arrest it would have served me right if the duchess had told me if ever i had been allowed to look into her beautiful eyes again that my soul delights in contemplating things that may happen ten years hence and forgets to look at those which are actually under my nose fabrizio shuddered at the thought of the danger he had just escaped he hastened his steps but soon he could not restrain himself from running which was not over prudent for he attracted the attention of several peasants on their homeward way yet he could not prevail upon himself to stop till he was on the mountain over a league from grianta and even then he broke into a cold sweat whenever he thought of the spielberg i have been in a pretty fright he said he to himself and at the sound of the word he felt almost inclined to be ashamed but does not my aunt tell me that the thing i need most is to learn how to forgive myself i am always comparing myself with a perfect model which can have no real existence so be it then i will forgive myself my fright for on the other hand i was very ready to defend my liberty and certainly those four men would not all have been left to take me to prison what i am doing at this moment he added is not soldierly instead of rapidly retiring after having fulfilled my object and possibly roused my enemy's suspicions i am indulging a whim which is perhaps more absurd than all the good father's predictions and in fact instead of returning by the shortest road and gaining the banks of the lago maggiore where the boat awaited him he was making a huge detour for the purpose of seeing his tree my readers will perhaps recollect fabrizio's affection for a chestnut tree planted by his mother some three-and-twenty years previously it would be worthy of my brother he thought if he had had that tree cut down, but such creatures as he have no feeling for delicate matters. He will not have thought of it, and besides, he added resolutely, it would not be an evil omen. Two hours later there was a consternation in his glance. Mischievous hands, or a stormy wind, had broken off one of the chief branches of the young tree, and it was hanging withered. With the help of his dagger, Fabrizio cut it off carefully, and closely pared the wound, so that the rain might not enter the trunk then though time was very precious to him for it was nearly dawn he spent a good hour in digging up the ground round the beloved tree when all these follies were accomplished he rapidly proceeded on his way toward the lago maggiore he did not feel depressed on the whole the tree was doing well it was stronger than ever and in five years it had almost doubled in size the broken branch was a mere accident of no consequence now that it had been lopped off the tree would not suffer and would even grow the taller as its limbs divided at a greater height before fabrizio had travelled a league a brilliant strip of white light in the east outlined the peaks of the resigome di lec a well-known mountain in that country the road he was now following was full of peasants but instead of thinking of military matters fabrizio was filled with emotion by the sublime or touching aspects of the forest round the lake of como they are perhaps the most lovely in the world. I do not mean those which bring in the greatest number of new crowns, as they say in Switzerland, but those which appeal most strongly to the human soul. For a man in Fabrizio's position, exposed to all the attentions of the gendarmes of Lombardy and Venetia, it was mere childishness to listen to their language. At last he said to himself, I am half a league from the frontier. I shall meet the customs officers and the gendarmes making their round this fine cloth coat of mine will rouse their suspicions they will ask me for my passport the said passport bears a name doomed to a prison written in fair characters and so i find myself under the agreeable necessity of committing murder if the gendarmes walk together as they generally do i dare not wait till one of them seizes me by the collar before i fire if he should hold me for one instant before he falls i shall find myself at the spielberg fabrizio filled with a special horror at the idea of firing first and possibly on an old soldier who had served under his uncle count Pietranera, ran to hide himself in the hollow trunk of a huge chestnut tree he was putting fresh caps into his pistols when he heard a man coming through the wood singing as he came in a charming voice a delightful air by mercadante then fashionable in italy that's a good omen said fabrizio to himself he listened attentively to the melody and the sound of it wiped out the little touch of anger which had begun to season his arguments he looked carefully up and down the high road and saw nobody the singer will come up some side road thought he to himself almost at that very moment he saw a servant very neatly dressed in the english style ride slowly up the road on a hack leading a very fine blood horse perhaps a trifle too thin ah said fabrizio to himself if i had reasoned like mosca who is perpetually telling me that the risk a man runs always marks the ratio of his rights over his neighbour i should crack this serving man's skull with a pistol shot and once i was on that horse i should snap my fingers at all the gendarmes in the world then as soon as i got back to parma i would send money to the man or his widow But that would be an abominable action. End of chapter 9.